Welcome to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. I'm your host, Umbreen Khan. It's been over a year working from home, a playroom transformed into a makeshift studio. At the beginning, I thought it would be for just a few weeks, but that stretched into months, and then we passed a year anniversary. Earlier this week, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky made an impassioned plea. I'm going to pause here, I'm going to lose the script, and I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are, and so much reason for hope. But right now, I'm scared. I know what it's like as a physician to stand in that patient room and to be the last person to touch someone else's loved one because their loved one couldn't be there. So I'm speaking today not only as your CDC director, but as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter. Just hold on a little longer to get vaccinated so that all of those people that we all love will still be here when this pandemic ends. This morning, I looked at the numbers of cases and hospitalizations being tracked by Johns Hopkins University. And unfortunately, the data is there. The cases are rising. We need to hold on to the positive while continuing to protect and prevent further spread of COVID-19. This time last year, we asked you, our listeners, to share who you're turning to and tuning into for guidance. This week, we return to our first pandemic episode. How do we resist feeling distant when we cannot gather? Because of the way that our brains are inherently metaphorical, when we hear distancing, we feel more separate. Like we naturally go from creating physical distance means creating emotional distance. Those two things don't necessarily have to go together. That's the Reverend Dr. Lynn Unger. She's a poet and a Unitarian Universalist minister from Northern California. A couple of weeks ago, I felt like every social media platform I was looking at, someone was sharing her poem. Pandemic. What if you thought of it as the Jews considered the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up, just for now, on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing. Pray. Touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, Reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out with your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. So long as we all shall live. Those words at the end of her poem resonated not just with me, but with many of you. Two weeks ago, I asked you to share how you're coping with the new restrictions to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Several of you shared Lynn's poem. So I started reaching out and discovered not only has she published many, 
She's a minister with the Church of the Larger Fellowship, an online congregation. Her work has been included in the anthology, What We Share. Lynn readily agreed to do an interview from her home in California, where she, too, had just begun sheltering in place. I began our conversation by asking her what inspired her to write this poem now, and she mentioned a friend who had put out a call to poets, and that struck a chord. It was a thing that had a moment, like now is when we need it, and I guess I was willing to uh, go with letting things be imperfect model for the poem as well for the worship, but in this case, it also felt like yeah, I think my friend is right. I think we need a poem now. So let's put out a poem. And it's not long. At 151 words, Unger ends the pandemic poem, borrowing a familiar refrain from wedding vows. She explains. Well, because I wanted to talk about the commitment to love one another. I mean, that's really what it's about. The words in sickness and in health came to my mind as being sort of obviously expressive of the situation, right? Where we are in this, really in the sickness part, um, but if you commit to a relationship, that's how you commit. The commitment she is speaking about is the one we have to those we know and those we don't. A covenant with our fellow human beings. It's something she feels passionate about, especially right now. In the poem, she uses parentheses as a response to an argument that she finds troubling. I will try not to get too political, but um, I think that we have been hearing a lot of very distancing language, a lot of trying to make people afraid of other people, a lot of us and them. And this is the kind of situation that you have to go No, no, we're all connected here. There is no just myself. This is a global pandemic. What other people are doing obviously and directly affects us. So you can't pretend that it doesn't. And so I think those parenthetical statements are kind of a response to the argument and imagined argument of people responding by saying, no, America first. What about me? It's like, oh. No, like, let's have a look here. It's pretty clear that we are very connected because you can see it as things change on maps. Red circles growing. It's all there together. The red circles Unger is describing are often those on the maps in the news, showing how the virus is spreading across the country and as governments place more restrictions on movement. Unger began to contemplate how we think about distance her attention turned to the Jewish tradition of observing Shabbat. The Jewish Sabbath is a bunch of stuff that you're not allowed to do. So similar to our current situation in that there are things that you would usually want to do that somebody else has said, no, you are not permitted to do those things. But in the case of Shabbat, that's a joyful thing. It's sacred and it's beautiful and It's a treasured and holy part of people's week. And so the restriction creates a kind of freedom in a paradoxical kind of way. And so I really kind of wanted to put together those two things about how physical distance is really not the same thing as emotional distance and how 
restriction could lead you into something that was something you were gaining rather than just seeing it as something that you were giving up. Have you been surprised by the reaction? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Stunned? I mean, I just keep <laughs> laughing just like in a vaguely hysterical kind of way as people keep, you know, pointing me like, look, Julia Roberts shared this on Instagram. Um, okay. <laughs> like, it's on Dan Rather's Facebook page. Uh, cool. <laughs> then that's, um, wow. So, yes, it's all been... Um, really extremely remarkable. And is has it given you a new platform? Do you feel more pressure as you think about your next poem that you're going to write? Yeah. After somebody said, Julia Roberts shared your poem on Instagram, I was like, huh, I wonder if I need an Instagram account. <laughs> um, so I have figured out uh, with some help from my 21-year-old daughter how to post things to Instagram, certainly not committing to writing a new poem every day, but I do kind of feel like apparently people could use poems at this point. I mean, it is a little bit strange because, of course, I'm getting large numbers of friend requests. I have both a personal page and a, a, and a page page that's my, you know, Lynn Unger poet. Actually, if you want to find me, poet Lynn Unger. Do you have another book in mind? Are you contemplating future publications as you kind of look ahead I am hoping that uh, there would be an actual book with a publisher in the future somewhere. I, that's not a thing that has yet happened, um, but it would be nice if it did. I, I have written other poems. I intend to continue writing other poems, so it would be nice to get stuff out there. Lynn, what does your spiritual practice look like? The things that are really my personal spiritual practices as opposed to the things that I do as my work are mostly singing, um, dancing, and I'm teaching myself to play the mandolin. Um, but it is a thing that I do try to do every day that um, is part of my grounding. I would like to be able to say that I genuinely have a meditation practice or a prayer practice. Um, but if I did that, I would be lying. Can't claim that I do. But the music and the dancing are my genuine, consistent practices. Lynn, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Any reflections or new poems that you'd like to share that while we've got you here? Um, if you want, I will read you um, a new poem, which is... Um, still pandemic-related. It's called Toilet Paper. How many rolls of toilet paper will make you safe? How many bottles of Purell? How much peanut butter or pasta, bread or beer? How much money will make you secure? $10,000, a million, a billion dollars in a yacht? At what point do you say, I have what I need? Ask the Buddha. He says, it is the nature of all things to change. It is the nature of all beings to suffer. It is the nature of all beings to die. How many roles will make you safe? Wouldn't it be better if you yourself were multi-layered 
and soft and strong. That was the Reverend Dr. Lynn Unger, a poet and minister for lifespan learning and editor of Quest for the Unitarian Universalist Church of the Larger Fellowship. From poetry to spiritual practices, people of faith and goodwill are turning to new ways of connecting with community. Coming up, we take a listen to some of the themes, stories, and wisdoms from religious and spiritual leaders across traditions. This is Inspired. Stay with us. Hi, friends. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. I don't know if you know this, but we are on the air all the way from Richmond, Virginia to Ketchikan, Alaska, and in so many places in between. We're a national show, and we are a small and mighty team committed to bringing you stories and sounds from around the world that convey not only the diversity and the pluralism of our country, but the beliefs that are shaping our world, our politics, our culture, and the ideas that sustain us and inspire us to think about where we are going. And that brings me to this question. If you value us, if you enjoy listening and appreciate what you're hearing, I want to ask you to take a moment to consider becoming a sustaining member of Interfaith Voices or make a one-time donation at interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. That's interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. (laughs) 